Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning and welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, final hour, third hour already. Amazing. 604 here in the Bayou City. All right, uh, yesterday we briefly had open lines there towards the end of the show, and uh, I couldn't get to Captain Mike Williams, uh, but we're going to get to him first off this morning right now. Good morning, Mike. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mick. How you doing? I'm doing uh, great. How you doing? Uh, every time we get an Arctic front or even think about one, I always think about you, man. Remember that? Well, that's what this story. Remember that? <laughs> you know, this, that's what this story is all about. It's this is going to be a fun. I hope I get a few minutes to talk because it's going to be it's going to be a Bring fun it, talk. Man. Bring it on, brother. This goes back into the. I always kid your son. I teach on my Facebook page, and I'm always kidding him. And he, and we always say, all that gold came from somewhere. Okay, and that's. That's pretty much the key to this whole story. It's all that gold came from somewhere. So this story starts off in in the year 1541, and the Spanish conquistadors are going ashore in South America. And they row up on this shoreline, and they they see all these Aztec Indians running up down the beach. And they never seen these kind of people before, so they don't know what's going on. But anyway, they're running up and down the beach, and finally one of these conquistadors grabbed one of these Indians. And when he grabbed him, he looked at him, and his ears, his neck, his wrist, everywhere he looked on his body had gold, all gold all over his body. So, man, he goes, man. So, finally, a couple of days goes by, and they get a couple of those Indians, and they all got gold all over them. <laughs> and uh, finally one of these conquistadors, he goes, Hey, buddy, where'd y'all get all that go? And so finally they communicated with them. And these, these Indians were very smart people. It wasn't stupid. So anyway, one of these couldn't kiss the course. He said, we want you to take us to where you got all that gold come from. Where'd it come from? And, it, and this Indian told me, there's a great city up in the mountains, and the whole city is made out of gold, which is they couldn't, they couldn't comprehend that. 
And but they see all these people and they got all this gold on them, so they figure maybe it's true. So finally they told them, "Look, dude, we want you to take us to this city. We want to see it." Okay. So these conquistadors, they finally named this city, which they never did know if it existed or not. But they named this city El Dorado, which is which in go which in Spanish means a place of gold, gold like a Colorado Cadillac. It means high, very high end place of gold. Okay, so they start out in the jungle looking for this place, and the conquistadors call this city El Dorado. Okay. And one time, like you said, this word didn't exist, and it's a hard word. It's a hard word, and most people think that it doesn't exist. But the word, the Conquistas Corps called the city El Dorado, but the Indian people called it P-A-I-T-I-T-I. Okay, that's what they called it. Yeah. The Conquistas Corps called it El Dorado, but the Indians called it Paetiti. Okay. Now the other day, last time, the two times I called you. We talked about a location, and I don't want—I don't want to burn the place down. You know, somebody asked me today if that place existed, and I told them, I said, I put it in comparison like this. I said, and <laughs> comparing that spot to the way it was, I said, in the late '70s and the early early '80s, there was a football player, and his name was Earl Campbell. Okay, in the '70s and early '80s, he was one of the greatest football players that ever lived. But today, in the year 2024, he's probably not the man he once was, okay? And that's the analogy to that place we fished, okay? Anyway, right. back then, I made a wade in there right before Christmas 1983, and at the end of that wade that day, I'll tell you this without any doubt, is the very best place I've ever fished anywhere in the Gallatin complex. And I fished everywhere, just like you did. And I said, and I gave that place a name, El Dorado, okay, which I thought was a very, very fitting name to that location, okay. And uh, about ten years ago, I came up with this thing, Peatiti spots, okay, which is a Peatiti spot is a spot where big trout frequent. And I was talking to a guy the other day about Peatiti spots. I said, if you go to a location. And you're wading or fishing anywhere out of a boat anywhere, and you're fishing for trophy trout. And the first thing that you got to figure out is it's the most important thing. Are they any big trout in this location? Do big trout frequent this location? If the answer is no, there's not a lure made in the world that's going to help you. I mean, to catch exactly. big trout, to catch big trout. You have to be in a spot where big trout frequent, okay, which is what I call pissy spots. Okay, now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And this is this not a, a doom and gloom report. It's a part of life, okay? And it happens to everybody. Everybody gets old, okay? Everybody gets old, okay? About two years ago, I was, went to my heart doctor, and he says, Captain Mike, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, I would recommend using a pacemaker. And I go, what? He goes, yeah. He says, I think it's time for you to get a pacemaker. 
I said, well, doctor, you're considered one of the best doctors in the world. If you think I need a pacemaker, let's put it in. He said, ain't no big deal. He said, this is like, you know, like getting a tooth pulled. It's no big deal. I said, okay, so they call any these people. It's called Boston Scientific. And this guy was going to, he, I mean, we knew each other for years. And he said, I'm going to fix you up with the best pacemaker made in the world. So they bring in this company called Boston Scientific. And uh, I go down to the hospital, and they put it in. And uh, this guy tells me, he said, as of to this date, this is the best pacemaker made in the world. I go, well, great. That's good to know. So the other day, about, it was about 10 days ago, I go to this doctor to get a checkup. And they call in Boston Scientific to check my pacemaker. And he's running this chart. And this this is the real deal. I mean, I don't know anything about this, but this is what he told me. He says, on April the 24th at 4 o'clock in the morning, that was last year, he says, your heart stopped. And he says, you hadn't had this refibrillator in your body, you probably would have died. Wow. So, but that's that's real world. So, anyway, that's what he, that's what they told me, and they have those charts when they can run them back. So, now we're going to shift gears again. In 1983, uh, after that freeze, we recovered from that freeze. It wasn't it, it it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as the '89 freeze. And uh, there's not a lot of people I could talk to about this, but I can talk to you about it because you know all about what I'm talking about. So we're going to go into the 89 freeze, and it was the real deal. It killed everything. It killed, it messed us up really, really, really bad. And at that time, I was a, just like you, I was a trophy trout weight pitching guy. That's all I did was weight big trout. And, and with East Galveston Trinity, we went everywhere. Right. But when we come out of the 89 freeze, a lot of guys quit. A lot of guys went and tried to look for tarpon, and there was a lot of big change. And one day I sat down, and I had a big talk with my brain, and I'm saying, Captain Mike, and this, and I wrote off this. I said, your days as a trophy trout guide is over. You know, you need to go get a job doing something else, or you can go try and make a living uh, guiding gallus and jetties, which I'd fished all my life. So one day I went out and stood at, sat down at the base of the jetty. I'm, I'm talking to myself, and I said, I think you can make a, a living fishing for for fish on the Galveston jetties. You can forget about trophy trout fishing for four or five years, but you know how to catch black drum, and you know how to catch flounder, and you know how to catch full redfish, because I've been doing it all my life. And when I went out there and I started running trips for black drum and flounder, everybody laughed at me, thought it was funny. They go, man, I can't believe Mike Williams is out there fishing for black drum and flounder. But my brain is thinking, and this is what I really thought, Mick. Those trophy trout guys are sitting home waiting for the phone to ring, and I literally was in two or three trips a day fishing for flounder and black drum and bull reds. And that happened for a lot of years. And for a lot of years, in that time period, I was, like I said, everybody else was wondering what hey, we were going to do. do. I, and I was. Survive. I was, what do you, yeah, what do you need to do to survive? That's so right. anyway, it, it, this is where all this is going. That place that we fish called El Dorado, or, or the hole, or whatever you want to call it, the reason 
it was so great. It had a lot of things going for it. But the, the main part, what had going for it was their opening rollover pass. Okay. Yes. That was. And somebody asked me how how did it affect it when they pulled roll out rolled out a pass out of the out of the upper end of East Galveston Bay. I said, well, I'll put it to you like this: rollover was the heart. Pull your heart out of your body, and see what happens. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. And that was was the heart. Okay, it was the heart. Okay. So it was. It was the. Uh... It was anyway. Now this is where all this is going. All right. I'm... And all reason. Make it quick. I'm out of time. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, that's all right. Thank you. I'll see you. All right, buddy. All right. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to The Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents... Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 620 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's run down to G-Town. Let's check in with the plug this morning. Captain JP, what are you doing, man? Big Daddy, what's, what's happening, man? Big Daddy hanging out. <laughs> hey, what about your big Arctic front, though? It's, it's, it's slick down here. It's nice. Well, it's taking its time. I don't see it, it's I don't coming. See it coming till Monday, huh? Yeah, it's looking that way. Man, I just looked at Gals and it was that generic thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, man, I saw 30, lowest, 29 maybe. Yeah. So, which is good. I, I guess this thing's kind of not petered out, I don't guess, but not going to be too bad down there. No, it's just, you know, it's just not going to come to the coast like early anticipation. This beautiful right now well, it is absolutely many, dead slick. How many bottles of propane and bottles of water they sold? And I mean, it's uh, boosting the economy. Oh, dude! <laughs> I got tactics. through playing golf. <laughs> I, got, I got through playing golf yesterday, and it's man, I need to go ride. So I got home, and I was, you know, going to watch, of course, watch the football game. I had about about an hour and a half. So man, I'm gonna go burn the bike up real quick. So I'm riding all over here and. You wouldn't believe the, pre- the preppers was out. Man, they had <laughs> professionals covering up palm trees, draining, covering up. So I got through, and the game was just, come on, Carol. So what are you going to do? So I'm just uh, eat my popcorn and watch this football game. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Send it, man, whatever. Huh? 
but this ain't no 17 degree stuff. And no. I was lucky, Mickey, when that thing came from Galveston. All my pipes are really <laughs> inside of my garage. I only yeah. have a couple of my, my hose bibs that go outside, and really they just stick out. I got one, that's an issue. Then that's all the PVC pipe I got that's, that's on the outside. Yeah. <clears throat> and these people that had the, the PVC on the outside when the big blaster came a couple, two, three years ago, yeah, running that under their decks deal. into their boat docks and everything. I'm, I'm Dude. that crumbled like nobody's business. <laughs> yeah, it blistered them. That that wasn't that wasn't too good. So, hey, all them old boys. You know, Mike is right about one thing. All them old boys that fish them jetties. That, that there's there's I, I, you can't count them all now. They ought to all send him a Christmas card because he's actually the first one who went up and did that. Yeah, but and, it's not something that Sammy. we wanted to do. Yep. That's, you know that 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 ain't our mo, man. That's that's not we. That's not what we do. I just make... got a text from a listener. <laughs> I got to tell you this before I forget <laughs> about it. Said I figured James be running that Houston marathon this morning. <laughs> you know, Mickey, I thought about it. I, not not running a full one. I ain't no way I could do a full one. But I was contemplating doing the half, and I know I could do it. But you kind of got to train a little bit. And I do too many other things. I don't just run. And I ain't trying to act like I'm Miss Travis because I'm not. I'll probably drop dead out here in a minute. <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> you, you got to work up to that. And and the little bit of running I do, you know, yeah, I, I would like to do it. And I, I, might, I might do a half next year. I may think about it. But, you know. But a hey, full I'd one, live I to fish another good. day. Hell. Yeah, you know, but I'd I mean, like to do it just to say I did it, you yeah. know, just to say I did it. I ain't getting no sticker or none of that. I just like to go personally for my own self know that I could do it. <clears throat> but anyway, back to them old Jetty boys. They ought to all send Mike a Christmas card, but that ain't something I want to do. I, you know, if we made half a million dollars a year doing this kind of stuff for sitting out there, I would go do it. But it ain't yeah. never been about the money. We ain't never made any money. Here's what I tell all these kids. You can make a living, and you can make a decent living. Can't make any money. You can't make any real, Not real money. money. No, you're doing just, what we do. You're trading money is all you're doing. You're, you're paying trading. bills, and, and you're you're living your dream. You're doing what you want to do. You don't have to punch a clock and answer to anybody. You answer to yourself. Exactly. And, and, and I'm uh, going to do it. Keep your head above water. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah, and you and I and Blaine and even Mike back in the day. He started guiding with the, you know, around us. Uh, that ain't what we do, and it ain't what I want to do, and I'm not going to go do it. I don't care. You catch 10 billion or whatever's out there. <clears throat> just something I don't want to do because it never really was about the money. Never is about the money. I just no, it was our it. passion. We lived it out. You know, if I had it's all not over like to do it, again, I'd, I'd do the same thing. Why I not? wouldn't change nothing, You only bro. live once, man. Go for it. Hey, those those pictures you got behind your wall and i was cleaning out a, <clears throat> man i had to make some room in my office i was cleaning out a bunch of stuff i got some trash bags and buddy i went to dumping stuff and went through a bunch of old stuff i wouldn't trade none of that for nothing you, you can't buy that can't no. buy it <clears throat> you know and we've always wanted good stuff the best stuff to take our people and what we fish with so that costs money i ain't you know when like I told my guys, I said, whatever I got is the best. And that's what we buy. I'm not, you know. So you spend all your money on that or boats are good. Just 
but there ain't nothing wrong with them boys are doing. There's, there's a there's for sure market for that, but not for me. No, and we just uh, chose to go different ways after that uh, horrific freeze, eighty nine and ninety. You know, we call it eighty nine, but <laughs> that uh, that February freeze in ninety, just a couple of months later, didn't help things either. I killed a bunch. No, of fish. that that was you know that finished you know, off what we had left. Basically, I I mean, it, <laughs> it, and it, you know, it was... I get to thinking about Mike, you know, and and he know he knows what makes the bay system tick. See, there's a difference. I mean, sure, you can go to a spot, same spot every day, and catch fish and put your people on fish and beat your chest and all that. But unless you know what makes this bay tick, and and how these fish move around in it, and and all the patterns you've developed your entire career fishing these places and know when they're supposed to be there and when they're going to be there and tide exchanges. I mean, all that correlates, but when you stop a hole up in the back East Bay, like they did that, that's detrimental. That that's no good for anybody unless the person, they want that spot of land right there to do something with. That's all that's good for. It's not in the land environment period. No, and the land there is, you know, so you build a pier. Well, so what? You don't build that pier anywhere up down the beach Once now farm, because there's no, <laughs> there's no draw. There's no draw. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, you know, people was at, remember when they were doing that, everybody was asking us, and, and here's what I told them. You probably told them the same. I said, look, me personally, I think it's a terrible idea. I don't really know. I, I've not been alive since that thing's been plugged up. And now we have an opinion. It's been some time, and I, I still say it's detrimental. It's I not good. I guarantee it is. Hey, and you, you just watch how these fish flow into these bays. That's what made East Bay tick, man. You had the jetties. You had your flow of fish through there, the big tide runners. And that's back when we had them big tide runners. I'm talking seven, eight, and nine pounders, big boys. And then you had, had the flow from rollover. And you could watch that bay just, you know, about mid-May when everything was really moving in and you could see those reefs just start building up huge schools of fish and big fish everywhere and every piece of shell in that place. And then you get that flow around Smith Point. The, and everybody, you know, people that don't know, they'll laugh at Mike's uh, theory on the counterclockwise flow. Well, he's spot on on that because I used to watch him come around Smith Point and move up the East Shoreline and all through the wells in the summertime out there. And then, hey, you could time it like a book, couldn't you? You could. Hey, fish would run down, they would run down the East Shoreline just like they were running down a jetties. You and then they'd go comments. back, and then they'd filter out into the wells when it got real hot. And then that, that's back when you used to catch six, seven, and eight-pound trout on the wells out there. Some people caught nines, legitimate. I'm not talking about, hey, this is what it is, shove it through the lens and call it something that it's not. And Yeah, real fish. Then we'd get a dump of fresh make... water, and we could chase those fish all the way back around follow them all the way back to rollover in the fall and the winter. Same thing. I mean, it was it was just a cycle every year, and that cycle's been broken due to stopping that hole up back there. Yeah, it's and, different. Uh, See, now you're trying I'll to, argue with what, anybody over that theory. Well, here's what I think, Mickey. And you, I mean, you tell me if we're wrong. If you and I have talked about Trinity Bay in the day. I don't know about nowadays. Trinity Bay would grow those big trout. A big Trinity yes. Bay fish. You could tell he lived in Trinity Bay. He was them born fish and we raised was catching, there. 
100%. He would get big. But those fish that we were catching back there, those fish didn't grow up in East Bay. Them fish come in and out of that gulf. Yeah, they did. Don't you think? They didn't grow up I know up they right did. There. I used yeah, to watch them. I mean, looking looking 83 before that freeze hit, I had uh, four or five trips I ran back there waiting before that. I didn't get in on the good Christmas Eve deal like uh, Mike did, him and Allred, because I was uh, at my dad's house uh, getting ready for Christmas. We all went to Dow's Reef and saw the exact same thing, a movement, a massive movement of big fish moving towards deep water on that far end of Trinity Bay coming from the north end. And guess yeah, what getting... flow that was? That was counterclockwise. Yeah, they was getting, they was getting out of town. Yes, but it's, they were. It's, it's just different now. You know, like here in West Bay, I don't think this this bay's got so much. You know, it's got the pass. It's got something to it, and and I think a lot of the fish we catch here. Tell me here, what West Bay would be like without San Luis Pass. Stop that up and see what happens. It would be what, terrible. Yeah, what would happen to Christmas Bay and chocolate and bass drop? All that. It would be stop that hole be, up and see what happens. Hey, they would if they could, but they can't stop that one. Hey, no. they can't stop <laughs> you know why they could you know why they plug oh you get right down to it about plug and roll over you know why they did it because they could yeah they could they can't stop the jetties they can't stop san Luis pass they can't plug up the east cup but rollovers like hey man we make a lot of money plugging this thing up we tell everybody this ain't no good it's eroding all the beach up yeah, and nothing we can do it. causes more erosion than uh, San Luis Pass and the Galveston jetties. I mean, no, even though those no. rocks are there, it, it's still, it's, it, uh, it's, you can't tell me that little old hole. It's a fish pass. The old timers from Beaumont call it. That's you what they built. That. That's what they built it for. It's a fish pass. And you can't tell me that little old hole right there is eroding your whole beast where your house is going away on yeah. the beach. When you I got another one right down the shoreline, it's a uh, hundred times bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, go plug up. Hey, go plug up some bean. Go plug up the jetties. Well, we can't do that. And I said, exactly. But you pay somebody to go plug up rollover. There was a lot of money made. Yeah, and they and paying millions of dollars down south to unstop holes. <laughs> they, we're filling <laughs> one up, and they're down there digging one out. I said, man, this don't make no damn sense, but. It is what it is. Hey, and the fishing, all back in there for two or three weeks. And I talked to you back in the fall, November, October, wherever it was. It was really good fishing. I mean, we caught millions of them. If you caught one over 20 inches, that was big time. Now, can you yeah. catch keepers? Yeah, you can. But there's, there's just, and I don't think that bay is like Trinity Bay. I don't think East Bay can grow a big trout like Trinity Bay could actually grow a big trout. Right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it happens. Those that, that giant stringer of fish you caught, the fish didn't grow up in East Bay. They swam from out of that Gulf. Those mill fish came from there. Old Mother Gulf, man. And there ain't, <laughs> he ain't no, kidding, dude. Well, and what they were doing, they were they we knew it. They staged up back there in the late fall and winter to make their exit if they needed to. You know, in you case can, of why, a, you, you, <laughs> I mean, you can watch the shrimp go out of there. Yeah. Hey, I, I told you, I got some pictures. I sent them to you. Well, I'll, I'll talk about this now because it don't matter. So, and we all know him, Shipley, good friend of ours. Yeah, so, James I get in Shipley. from fishing. And I, 
Yeah, so I know you probably got to go, but I'm going to make this quick. No, so, I got a break, but I can come back. I, hey, so I get in. I'm at Stingray. We get in. We caught, Nikki, we caught 150 fish that day, and we kept our old limit. Was the limit still five when they – was the limit five when they plugged roller? Yeah, I think it was. Anyway, we got our old 15 fish, and we catch a lot, a bunch of fish. So I run into shipping at the at the deal there, and we're talking, you know, she got shipping, looks like I AP. Big ones. I said, you ain't call no big ones, Shipley. I said, I know what's out there. I just got through catching them. He said, I'm telling you. And he showed her showing me pictures on his phone. I said, man, dude. He said, dude, I went into rollover fishing for a flounder. He's got a twin tail grub. You know, Shipley, if he can catch anything, you can get a bunch of them and kill them and eat them. He's, that, he's your guy. Right. He says, I throw my twin tail thing out there. I don't get a flounder. I got a full pound trout. He said, man, look at this. He gets that fish, throws back out there. He doubles up. One about four, one about five pounds. Well, instantly, he cuts, you know, Shipley, he cuts all that stuff off, puts a fat boy on, boom, eight pounds. I said, ain't they dredging and doing all? He said, I'm telling you, dude, the flow is stopped. There's nobody there, and there's millions of them. I said, man, I can't. I said, are you going tomorrow? He said, no, T, I ain't going. I, he was putting in bulkheads. He said, go in there. It's okay. Hey, I go in there. They're pounding. They're beating in things, but there's no flow. They had stopped the flow, but they're still working on it. They, they right. stopped. They put the first set of bulkheads. Then they was beating on the next set of bulkheads right there right. on this side of 87. Mickey, I'll tell you about that. It was absolutely stupid with big trout. I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. And we caught them in there the whole time that they were digging in there. My point of that whole story is not that like I'm big time enough because Shipley told me about it. But there's there's your fact. You go, I just got through catching a hundred little yeah, old those fish out were there trapped the and they they wanted out but they couldn't get out. Uh huh. That's my point of my story. Hang on, that's let me come back at are. you. Hang on, James. I'll be right back. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show. Quick break. Right back. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. All right, good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, 641 here in the Bayou City. All right, James, we're back, man. Yo, buddy. Hey, what was unique about that whole deal is, first off, not everybody knows how to get back there. You do. I do, but not a lot of people do. And everybody just assumed that all that construction and pounding, you know, nobody went there. And, dude, I did that until Christmas Eve was the last day I went in there. It was Christmas Eve. Jim LaBelle was fishing with me. <laughs> and he, him and his son. Right. And they were going to go, supposed to have Christmas dinner with with uh, his wife's family there in LaPorte. And I wouldn't take them in. I couldn't get them to bite. Finally, about 2 o'clock, them big ones lit off. He <laughs> said, man, we're really supposed to be back. I said, we better call Amy and tell her you're with me. We ain't nobody going nowhere. They're, they're biting, dude. But it was pretty cool. One local guy, an old man in aluminum boat, he would be in there. And that was it. So one day I took we, we caught them at one of them little blowouts at Sun Oil. We caught them real quick, just old pencil fish. When I went in, it was like 8 o'clock. We didn't call like 100. 
goodness, man, this is good. We're just poking holes. So then I came back. I went wading, just pecking around. I run into Dana. They ain't caught nothing. I said, hey, I'm going to take you somewhere. I said, get in my boat. So he anchored his boat up. I tell you who he had with him was Mark Lively. I said, I'm going to take y'all somewhere. And then I run him in there, and, and I took pictures of Dana. They are pounding that sheet piling with, you know, however they pound them or jet them in. And, buddy, yeah. it's so noisy. You want to just blow your head off. And uh, we would start in there by that, by that piling, pounding. We would drift almost to the intercoast canal, and we wouldn't quit catching them. Hey, yeah. Mark put on a sinking lily, and, buddy, he went to wearing them out. And I guess the last day I went in there, Mickey, was like was that Christmas Eve, and I don't right. think I went back. But my point of that whole story was you can run all over that bay, and you might catch a couple, but they were piled in right there. Well, right. that's where they wanted to go. That's where they wanted to be. Well, that's and the water they, was, it was, it was their instinct, you know, those bigger fish, they'd been doing it for years. Yeah. Cause you know, when it, when it was, when it would get rough, making the tide would come in, you'd get the dirty water from the Gulf. Right. Because you fishing there with me a lot. And then when the, when it would turn around and the bay water would start going out, it would clear up and you could catch them. That's when, when they stopped that. that out right. Tide, man. Just but when they, when they put them sheet pilings in there, it stopped the flow. There was no flow from the Gulf, so the water was clear every day. Right. And it was it was it was pretty crazy. That was pretty cool. Like I say, I didn't find them. Shipley told me, <clears throat> but it was it was it was pretty cool. But you know, that's uh that's where them big fish wanted to be. Well, but was, you know, in the uh, drought years, in the drought years, don't you think all them big ones we were catching back there, those were homegrown Trinity Bay fish, don't you think? Oh yeah, back in our back, yeah, that was mm -hmm. uh, yeah. those were resident fish. Well, you can tell that the was crazy by the color of them and the body configurations and everything else. Whether you know, you know, surf runners, tide runners, or you know, resident fish, and yeah. it uh, that's uh, that's changed the game, especially yeah. in East Bay. And uh, I mean, you know, over the years, I'd I'd say I'd have I've spent as much time in uh, East Bay as I have in Trinity Bay. Not here lately, well, you know. I, I just, you know, they nah. uh, killed all my hopes and dreams when they stopped that hole up. I can promise you yeah. that. I mean, first time I went back there with you, I was a kid, man. I was like 19 years old. But yeah. that run that we had in the drought years in the back of Trinity Bay, I think that would rival anything we were doing over there. That was pretty insane, the amount of big fish that was back there. Yeah, that uh... – that introduced about that put about twenty five to thirty new guys in the guy <laughs> hey, business. And they thought, man, hey, there ain't nothing it, to this. And it and wasn't too hard, them, was it? I told Caleb and all of them, I said, Hey man, y'all enjoy this. I said, I've lived here my whole life and you only get one year once in a blue moon you'll get a year like this that all the conditions are right for these big fish to pile in back here and live here all winter. And uh I mean, I'd seen it a handful of times over the years till we, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013. That's, uh, that was phenomenal. I mean, when you, when just your regular old Joe can read a fishing report or hear about it on the outdoor show or whatever and just go up in the Trinity Bay, don't even know where he's at, and cut the key off and start a drift, start catching five and six pounders. That's, <laughs> that ain't no lie. That'll tell you all you need to know about it. It was it was something else, man. I remember that day I called you. It was nasty, cold, and 
and actually I was going to quit. We left. Oh, when me far. and David and Tony and them were in there waiting, it was so bitter cold. I was freezing oh, to death. I hadn't got I'm the not... first bite, and I said, "Man, yesterday you couldn't get a lure back in here. They got to pull in." We we braved it out for about three hours, and I kept watching you make them drifts over and over again. I said, "Plogs, you're getting them out there." I went back to the boat. My phone was ringing. It was you. You said, "Hey, y'all better get out here. You can't get a lure back." Come on, buddy. It's happening. I mean, I, they were just out of reach, and I wanted to catch them waiting so bad. That's how hard-headed I was. But we got out in the boat, put on a mirror lure, and, hey, end of story. Hey, put a number 11 on, just go through there. But, yeah. Hey, you could drift across that hole back one day. We started right there at F1 day. We had like a due east wind or maybe a little northeast. You could drift from east. F1 all the way to Red's Bow and never get out of them. <laughs> Every quick catch them. Hey, I kept wanting to pull around that one now day. Now think about that. This... How many fish is that? Just think about oh, that, dude. It's it's. I put my cursor where I started, <laughs> and we ended up. I kept wanting to quit, and we'd fade for just a minute. Boom! Somebody stick one. Then here we go. I don't know how many we caught. We lost track. But anyway, and this was common. I was doing nothing special. Anybody could do it, and. I got right there. We started coming up on the flat there by Reds, and uh, I finally said, I'm going to pull around. I drifted a mile and a half. Think about that, a mile and a half, and never <laughs> quit catching them. Huh? Hey, now you drift 100 yards. You better troll back around, dude, or you're, you're off of them. I remember one day, uh, Hillman was back there, and we were starting drifts over by Skippy's. And it was a hard southeast wind. I mean, it was blowing. I took a beating getting up there. But I knew once I got there, it was lights out. And uh, you could drift from Skippy all the way through F. Lee's and halfway to to Reds. You know, that's a long ways. That's two or three miles. And that's never a long ways. Never get out of fish. I think him and was... one of his guys had like an 8-12 that day out of the boat or something. It was stupid. Yeah, it was uh, that was that was pretty pretty unique, and that's a lot of, you know. I mean, and look, I don't want to sound stupid. I, I saw something like that, but <laughs> one day this fall, I told you this, and they're all pencils now. They're all babies, but it was like that, Mickey. From, and I was just in awe, not in awe, but like, and I told my guys, look at this, and I checked them all. I it was one school of ferns, the way across the whole back of the bay. Yeah. Toward F1 in there by bulkhead everywhere. So I, I ain't been to Trinity Bay but like two or three days. This was this fall. So I ain't really yeah. got no pattern on nothing. Birds, birds, man. I'm losing my mind. Birds. <laughs> they're all hey, clones. I'm telling you, dude, they're all babies. They're all trout. They ain't no yeah, sandies. but just think, hey, give it There's time. Billions. I mean, Trinity Bay's growing its own crop of fish right now. It's just going to take That's... us time to get where we want to be. And that's my point of that story. More disasters, you know. If we no don't have nothing go wrong. And I think I called you that day on the way home. I said, dude, it ain't no good, but there's absolutely millions of them back there. And I never fished them again. I would spot check every now and then, but yeah, I never you know, did. I, they were all I've babies. Been, I've been up there during the summer, same thing, you know, picking and pecking and wishing for something better you're looking for something you know's not there but there's so many fish you got to keep fishing hoping you stumble up on that one school of fish that you know you're looking for but yeah it, uh, but they're not there it'll come they ain't there it, it'll, it, it'll come. be it, it'll be good I mean, it'll be better and that and, marsh uh, up there just uh it just produces it just it grows so many fish it, it's just 
excellent natural habitat. And, uh, and it was it was salty this year. You know, I fished a lot up there. You know, where right. we used to fish there those years, and it was fish all up through there. And, you know, places that nobody are fishing that you know people don't they don't catch them and stuff. So. Hey, I, I I think the future's bright. Like you said, if we don't have nothing else, go wrong. Yeah, I mean it just it just there's so many variables. I mean we could talk about this till we're blue in the face. It just uh, it's it's just all got to come together. It's a delicate balance. Yeah, and it and it, it will. I, I feel feel good about the whole deal. <clears throat> but uh, well, yeah, there was you a bunch what, in there. I've never seen. This past summer, I, I quit going up there because it was just overwhelming the amount of sharks and bull redfish there were. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy Lloyd called me one day. He was pre-fishing for some tournament, and he said, "Man, I ain't ever seen." He was he. I think he had his burn boat out with a tower, and he's running all that back there. He said, "I've never seen his." He said, "It looks like schools of shad, but they're all little bitty trout, anywhere from eight to twelve inches long, and just massive schools like, like you know, shad ball up like shad balls." But he said, but "I've trout. never in my life seen as many bull reds and sharks in my entire life as, as he saw that day while he was working all that over pre-fishing." Hey, that's and, weird. Them sharks roll up there north like that, isn't it? Well, I mean, they, they, they always have, you know, we've always had the bulls that always come up there, you know, every spring. I mean, look at some of the days we were waiting in March up there and bull sharks were eating our trout already. Well, but that not, is true. Not as common as, as it is now. It's just overwhelming how many predatory fish are already up there and stay all year. You know why they stay there? Because there's plenty of food. Plenty of food. Didn't Blaine say he was up there trying to fish one day and he couldn't even fish? The sharks kept taking all his he stuff. He was up by the spillway and he said, Sharks, he said, Redfish were eating trout, bull reds. That whole flat from the spillway to Reds Bayou, a half a mile wide. Redfish were jumping out of the water chasing trout and sharks were jumping out of the water chasing bull redfish. It was just, a, he said, it was unbelievable. Right down the food chain. He said he'd never was, seen uh, nothing like it. Firemood's seen a lot. He's been around a long time, yeah. and he said he'd never seen anything <laughs> like that. He said we just. He said you couldn't even throw a popping cork in the water without a bull shark just stripping all your line off your reel. You know, he said I was running, out, had to, running out of combos. I had to get out of there. He said he had to leave. <laughs> the spinning they, rig combos. They're mm -hmm. all laid up. Back before the free, this is this is some time ago, but not stupid time ago. <clears throat> uh, at Hill Dishman, man, we were having a tough day. We caught but a handful of fish. I'd been up north, and it was in March, early March, just yeah. what you said. And So, anyway, we get out of Little Hodges, and <clears throat> Hill catches a pretty nice trout, maybe five pounds. And I look out there, and I know what I saw, but I didn't see it because it's March. It's cold. We got waders and stuff on. Water's in the 60s. And I think I caught one about two pounds. It ain't very much longer. Hey, that shark come up. In eight hills, five pound trout off his stringer, scared wow. him, scared me because it's March. Yeah. And I, I said, "Man, I knew that was a shark then I saw, but in my brain I was like, man, it can't be no shark." But he was sure there in March because he ate his fish off. Hey, I 100%. think those bulls when they when they come through them jetties, they got one thing on their mind: that's head to the spillway. <laughs> to the spillway. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I've seen them eating gaff top up there. It's crazy. You know, it's like. 
the bull sharks and the gaff top, they they got one thing on their mind. We're going to the light company. <laughs> going, going to the light company. Remember buddy. Jerry Crawley? That's what he called Jerry. it up here. He said, he said, boy, them boys up there hammering them at the light company. <laughs> hey, Jerry, well, well, where are boys going? Y'all heading up toward the light company? <laughs> I said, Jerry, I'm going as far away from the light company as I can get. I don't want to get run over. Man, how many times we dump in at Crawley's and go straight to East Bay as fast as we could get there? I mean, hey, I'm bypassing all this. I'm going over to, to where nobody's at. Hey, and that was a big deal, dude, because we had a really about a 60-40 chance of breaking down. None of that stuff we had, the boats. Oh, we were talking about you the other day. Uh, Jim Fothery, <laughs> fishing, he's talking yeah. about He was friends with whoever, I don't know if it was Mr. Crow or whoever sold those uh, aluminum boats that you had, but he knew him. Yeah, Crow Marine. Yeah. Yeah, and he was and Jim was talking about that boat. I said, Yeah, I think he had one. It was a great fishing boat. <laughs> he was sinking coming back from coming back from up there by the spillway. And I said, He just run it up on the beach here. Crawley's up in the ramp. He I just drove it up on the ramp him. and uh put her on the trailer and well, one of the wells broke on one of the seams back there towards the back. I'm running in, one of my guys poked me on the shoulder, he's standing behind the leaning post, said, Hey man, uh is that water supposed to be coming up in here like that? <laughs> I said, no, it's not. We done busted a weld open or something. And, uh, boy, that water's pouring in, and I got the build pump running. I said, we're fine. We're on plane. As long as I don't get off plane, this motor don't broke down, we're not going to sink. You know, so I just slid her up on the ramp and said, hey, great day. Look at all the fish that was, we got. That was a good boat. First time that you used in that boat. That, well, that's then, what they gave it I, to me for to run Trinity Bay. Said if uh, if this boat can withstand a year at Trinity Bay, it's it's a it's a keeper, and it was that well, was see, a good boat. I ran that one your sister boat that Joe yeah, Quatera that, bought. Uh, Joe Quatera and them bought. They bought one yeah. like that. Yeah. I ran that with Joe and Mike a lot that day. It was a brown one. It was just it was your sister boat if it was brown. Yeah, and that was, was blue. That was. Yeah, I got really videos good. of fish running over that boat, jumping out of the water, running into the sides of it. They didn't even see it. I know you do. You ought to get that video done right and see if you can clean it up. Because there ain't nobody, nobody, I don't care who, not even Mike, ain't nobody got nothing like that. If you nah, could clean it up and you still got it, stuff. right? I know yeah, you I do. got it. I think I had it put on a CD. And, uh, but it, you know. It was just inferior camera work back then. I mean, the cameras weren't as good as they are now, but you can still you can see good enough to tell what was going on in that video for sure. Oh, it was crazy, dude. All right, that man. Was, I right, got to bow out of here, James. Hey, that was fun. Good uh, Sunday hey, conversation with you and Mike and everybody. Good show, man. Oh, appreciate the heads up, well, look, buddy. buddy. All right, man. I'll see you on the flip side. Throw hey, out a number if somebody the... wants to go to the bottom with you. All right, brother, 497-7306. We'll talk to you in a little while. All right, brother, later. All right, bro. Bye. All right, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back next Thursday morning, bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 